Hi, and welcome to Game Time Podcast with your hosts, Alex Rubinson and Shai Dweck. Today is our first pod- podcast, and we hope you enjoy. We'll be talking about the NBA, MLB, and NFL. We'll have your news from, from throughout those leagues. Um, again, this is our first podcast, so if you enjoy it, please tell your friends. Um, as many people helps. So, let's dive right in, because it's game time! We're going to start off with talking about the NBA. The finals, free agency, the draft, everything you need to know within the next month or so. Shy? So, this is my take on Cleveland. So, game one, obviously, was last night. And this is my take on what happened in my keys to the game for Cleveland to start. One, I like they did some things well. They were able to keep up with the Warriors' tremendous third quarter because the Warriors are known for having against really top tier teams too. Tremendous third quarter, lighting it up. They're a complete different team. They share the ball, and in that third quarter, they can really kill teams with the three ball. Because you ball. a lot of times you see, oh, you know, it's a good game. It you know five ten points maybe they're down, and all of a sudden they're up ten fifteen points. Like that, it's really crazy what they can do in just a short amount of time, especially that third quarter. Right, so I think I was impressed with the Cavs' ability to stay and stay and produce with the Warriors, kind of keep even with them. Um, mainly that's probably due to LeBron James, but um, still. I think it has impressive. a lot to do with LeBron James. Yes, right, but still, it's impressive. Um, but really, I mean, the key, I mean, also you got to be, I mean, I mean, they, they were in position to... To win, win the, game the game at the end. And, of course, the missed three throw. J.R. Smith thought they was winning. And, uh... I mean, you know. we are ganging up on J.R., and understandably so, but no one's talking about that George Hill missed the free throw in the first place. Like, if he makes that free throw, it's a whole different story. Maybe the Warriors end up getting a crazy last-second shot and win it, but if George Hill wouldn't make that free throw, they're up by one. I feel like a ton of people are forgetting that part of it. Right, I mean, obviously you should be aware what the score is if you're J.R. Smith at this level. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to be aware. I mean, aware. at this stage of the season, in the NBA Finals... You gotta be aware. You're facing the best of the best. You can't make these mistakes, these mental mistakes. You know, you might miss a three, or so, or miss a... Or someone will dunk on I you. Mean, yeah, you, I mean, you should. You have to be aware at this level, but... I think every once in a while, it's going to happen even to the best of us. It's to going to happen, but at the NBA Finals... It really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Especially and that's a head scratch. Especially yeah. when you are supposed to lose by this many. You can't afford to make the mental mistakes. If you can beat the other team mentally, maybe you still lose. But at least you are mentally in it, and you did the best you could. You just have to be mentally in the game for all 48-plus minutes. I don't know if that's a mentally in the game. I mean, yes, I mean, it, it is a little bit, but, like, I think mentally also has to do with the attitude you bring, your spirit that you bring. Um, but, yes, you got to be aware of the score. I mean, that's... It's simple as that. It's simple as that. I mean, I mean it's it should, simple it really shouldn't happen inevitably. You are NBA Sometimes players. it will, but... I mean, at, at this level, it shouldn't. At this, but, at this level, in that situation, you have to be aware of um, your surroundings and the situation you are being put in at that moment. All right. So, um, I mean, that's that. But really, I think the Cleveland could have won by 10 points at the end of this game. I mean, they ended up losing in overtime by 10, and LeBron still had 51. 
51 points and you lose by 10. That's just, that's unacceptable. That means the other players, if they're just decent, you win the game. But losing by 10 when someone on your team had 51, I mean. It was 49, but maybe it's not. I, I'm <laughs> pretty sure it was 51. All right, well. I mean, they were the 49-51, very impressive numbers either way. Um, but really, LeBron has to it's have the supporting team. guys. It's LeBron. Right now, it's LeBron. And that's just, one, so LeBron doesn't get too tired, and that happened in this, in a little bit in the, in the Boston series. I mean, it happened a lot in the Boston series. He just only and, admitted it once. And also, like, production-wise, these players have struggled shooting the ball, it's not like they have a lack of talent. They have guys like George Hill. Ke- I mean, they have Nance. Kevin Love. Of course, Kevin Love. But that's not JR. the guy I'm focusing on. I'm focusing in terms on, like, of the, younger, the younger players. From that Isaiah Thomas tree. Like, George Hill. I mean, he obviously was in Larry Nance, George Clarkson. These are young guys, guys who need to contribute guys. more. You know, Rodney Hood. It's right now not fair for LeBron. LeBron's having an all-time great postseason. And he's getting bupkis. Like, for Like... He's not getting any reward. I mean, great job. You made the finals, but he wants another championship. I mean, yeah, but and I mean, the supporting cast, if, I mean, I think it's so crucial. If they're if, just a little better, if, they look, can win. If they, if. They don't need to be good. Cleveland, they, if they're decent. If, if they are decent, they have a shot. If Cleveland wants to have any chance of winning this series, it is so crucial for the supporting cast to be productive. Those guys that I just mentioned, productive. And able to give LeBron rest. Because if LeBron is can score how many points he wants to, but if he's tired at the end of the day, he could have 51 game and 20 the next. I mean, you probably won't have him. He's such a great player. But you want to have LeBron be rested, and you want that production for supporting guys. That's just really crucial to me, I think, for the Cavs. Very crucial. Kevin Love I did score about, I think, 16 points, I mean, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a start. He should score more, but... I that's mean, a start, and that's... A- that's very good, but if I'm not coming mis- off an injury, is good. Yeah, that's very good. But like the next, if I'm not, I could very well be mistaken. But I feel like the next score after Kevin Love, the guy had like seven nine points. It was like LeBron fifty one, then Love at sixteen, and then there's a whole bunch of guys around that seven to nine mark. Yeah, those guys that are starters, or I mean, the, the guys that come like Jordan Clarkson, George Hill, Larry Nance, Romney Hood. Those guys, I expect to be double digits. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver actually actually done a very nice job. But those four guys I mentioned, and I think should be because because J- have to be at least seven to eight point double digits. Look, Jr. is I think he personally lives and dies by the three. Right. So if he's gonna live and die by the three, I hope he scores about twenty points. I mean, maybe not that many, but fifteen. Mm, that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, he's kind of. I don't know. They, I think that's not, if really I'm, not the guy mistaken, that I'm looking to his score. If I'm looking I, to those four guys. I get that, score, but. but if I'm not mistaken, he had seven. That's unacceptable for a three-point shooter. I, I think... Cor- I get it. I get it. But you're forgetting about Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver lived in the three. He's a tremendous three-point shooter. I mean... I feel like he was non-existent last night. I mean, maybe... No one talked the, about him. Where was he? Show I, up. I don't know. Cavs need to show up. Yeah, because if they're not going to show up, they're going home. I mean, LeBron home. showed up, but the supporting well, I mean, cast yeah, needs to be there. If they don't show up, their season will be over in about a week. LeBron's supporting cast needs to be there to, to give him rest and just keep up with that production. They're struggling shooting wise. They they really need to step it up. I mean, the they're Cavs a, need to have a chance. A healthy Cavs team nearly lost to a ver- to a subject team where their two best players were injured. 
All right, so let's this go. This is a healthy Cavs team. They uh, need to play better all around. Again, the supporting cast should be the emphasis for Tyler right Plus, now. also, I think deep defense, they, I don't know. I mean, defense will be very important because... That's not what I'm shooting right now. I know. I'm just saying LeBron can't cover KD, Curry, Clay, and Draymond. That's going to be a problem if you have four all-stars on the team. I mean, LeBron it's, it's can't cover all of them. I know, but I... I, I know. Like, it, they, have to, they have to contribute all-around basketball. They have right. to contribute on, but then on again, both ends. You go with the supporting cast again. No, definitely. I'm saying yeah. I'm pointing out the supporting cast. They have to contribute on both ends of the court because you can contribute on one end. If you don't contribute on the other end, you yeah, you mean you're. It'll be tough to either score. Yeah, you're trading twos or, for twos. You're not gonna get anywhere. And with the Warriors, you could be trading twos for threes. Right. So, I mean, as I said, if you don't play defense, you could be scoring all you want. Yeah, Curry so, could be popping those threes, Clay, KD. Those threes could be popping all over. All right, so let's turn to the Warriors' side now. The third quarter, and Steve Kerr's... Um, I don't know how, what he does, but those halftime, mid-game adjustments. I don't know what he it does. It really changes them. I don't know if it's what he does it's or how the a, players feel. I hate to say it, but it's kind of like a Bill Belichick kind of uh, thing. I don't know if it's Steve Kerr or just the players suddenly realize they need to wake up. But, yeah, you know, Cavs are up by nine, ten points. All of a sudden, Curry, it's a big three. They're tied at the half. And now, obviously, Cavs did a nice job in that third quarter. They I didn't mean, get too far behind. But you look at the Pelicans, who swept the Trailblazers, and then the Rockets, who, you know, thought if they were healthy, maybe they could be in this situation, not the Warriors. I mean, they just torched them in the third with a three ball. Right. I so mean, it was crazy. For the keys for me to the Warriors, I mean, obviously, I think they will win because they just have too much star power. <laughs> But they need to play together. In that uh, Houston series a little bit, when Curry was struggling a little bit coming off that injury, Clay, KD Clay was started a being that. I don't want to use Clay the term ball hog. He wasn't really sharing the ball. But he wasn't he sharing just, the ball. He was trying to carry the team like LeBron does. He was trying to take he, over the game. Right. And, and do it I himself. And, and I, I think that's... I, I, I think you got such a talented team like Golden State. You can't do that. And to be you honest... you got to share the ball, share the sugar... Keep it moving. Play their brand of ball. Be take that third quarter game, spread it out over all four quarters. You're gonna have a very you're gonna have a four times more dominant of a team. We talk about LeBron and he's their whole team and he scored fifty one. The Warriors, you'll Curry will score twenty five to thirty and be the leading scorer. You have KD yeah. with another twenty twenty five. Clay with twenty. I mean, uh, Draymond with fifteen. Like you'll you'll have double digits. From everywhere on the court, and on the Cavs, you have LeBron and maybe one or two other guys. I mean, coming back to Curry, I mean, I mean, uh, in the Houston series, he was struggling a little bit in the first few games. But this Warriors team, when Curry is confident, and when he's shooting well from the three-point line, and shooting well in general, this team is so much better. You can argue it's Kane, you can argue it's Clay, but when Curry is, is cooking, when he's cooking, it's Curry. <laughs> Doing that little shimmy? Yeah, yeah. He, he, when he's shimmying, when he's dancing on him, when he's hitting those rings, he's playing confidently. The Warriors are sharing the ball. Katie doesn't feel that pressure to kind of have to carry the team a little bit. I think... And, and they're playing a great brand of basketball. Look... And they do that, they can easily win the series. You might disagree with me, but I think the Splash Bros, Curry and Clay, when they're going, that might be more important than when KD's going. As good as a player KD I mean, is. we saw it before KD, KD is a came. great player. But when the Splash Brothers are going and they're shooting, but also their chemistry. Their chemistry, when it's on, 
it's on. It's right. great. You know, I feel like they can almost shoot for anyone when it's Curry to Clay or Clay to Curry. Their chemistry goes to another level sometimes, and it's through the roof. Right. I mean, that's just... I mean, they're they're very, very good. I mean, that's a, another discussion, but yeah. Um, and I think this the Warriors... One other thing I think the Warriors could do maybe a little better is a D on LeBron. I mean, I think that's just something that needs to be improved. Because you see LeBron driving easily to the basket. The Celtics did it so well. They gave, they made him feel very uncomfortable on the block in LeBron, that post shot. LeBron, I mean, obviously you can't. He Now, nice. he's not going to have another 15-point game like he did in game one. Sure. That's just unreal. I don't know. Look, hats off to the Celtics. But it could also have been he was experiencing right. fatigue. As, 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 you could, um, as you could say, damage control. Damage you're control. not going to stop. You're not going to stop him like the Celtics did in game one. That's unreasonable what happened. He's going to get his share. But as long as you're controlling him and you're limiting him, and you're not going to stop him, but if you're limiting him and damage then control. you feel uncomfortable. If he scores 30, that's a win in my opinion. Because could of what? Because yeah. if... If the, if, the, if the cast around him playing as poorly as if they the are cast now, pl- I mean, If the yeah, cast the around that- is playing the same and LeBron scores 30-35, in my opinion, that's a win for Curry and the Warriors. Right. Um, I mean, Curry or Curry? Well, both of them. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. In my opinion, right. Curry's the star of the team, not KD. That's another story, though. All right, so let's go back to Cleveland. LeBron free agency. Will he leave here? I mean, will he leave? His hometown's obviously Cleveland. He is obviously well loved there, more than loved. I mean, this is hometown. This is where he lived. This is where he played. And the fans, I think they really embrace him. I mean, you saw their reaction when he left to go to Miami, and then I feel like he's that's his home. It'll be interesting though if he does leave. We're not saying he will, but if he does. Do the Cavs go into a rebuilding stage? No. Because they have guys. I think They have a nice young team, but they have a bunch of young players who maybe they can groom and develop and build around. Because they have a top ten pick. George, they have Jordan top Clark, ten and Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, These Kevin are, Love. That's, in my opinion, that could interest on, that's, on, that's a good group of six guys. That can get you somewhere. You add that with the, but the goal ninth is not, to, or um, eighth uh, overall pick, pick in the draft. The goal is not the solid. playoffs. The goal is not the five or six seed. The goal is the championship. And with, right, but, but with the Celtics regaining, getting healthy again for next year, and the Sixers getting every year getting an, um, another guy getting a year under his belt, Markel Fultz will be huge because um, he'll actually get – I mean, he barely played at all this year. Plus, I'm pretty sure they have the 10th pick. So they're going to get another young player to play with more young guys. Subjects and Sixers, I think, can, will really we'll dominate for a while. Right? Dominate the East, dominate the NBA for a while. And I think they, that will grow into a big rivalry. Right. Um, and it's just be, it's because, like, it's not these lightning in a bottle things. They have great young, the keyword is young, talent all around their basketball team. And even Brad Stevens, he's a young coach. So, getting a little off topic here, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do the do the Cavs build to have a young team to compete? Because if they I don't, don't feel like they can build, but I if they, they have the talent, I don't. If they can't compete with the top tier teams, who cares if they make the playoffs as a six or seven seed? Let me ask you this: 
Do you think the Wizards need a rebuild? I know. They're in a very similar... But they do have a superstar in John Wall. The Cavs don't... I don't think... The, but the Cavs, in my opinion, LeBron have leaves, they don't three have a, times more depth than the Wizards. They do have more depth. I agree. Which I, is why... And they have a very complete starting lineup, feel, even if LeBron leaves. I feel like Wall... The Wizards have two guys. Three guys. You know? But those three guys also might be better than everyone on the Cavs other than LeBron. Yeah, but... The, it's close. It's close. Really, the Celtics have shown us, I think, but depth... You can win you series. Yeah, no, definitely. Can get you definitely. Far and the in Wizards the bench is a big, big question mark. Right. Big question mark. So, um, Cavs. Though, they have a top Cavs. ten pick. Cavs Honestly, have a top ten pick. Wizards don't. I is, well, they have a fifteenth pick, which actually, which is the first one out of the lottery. It's a nice pick, but the eighth pick will be obviously a much better pick. Right. So, um, I think for back to LeBron leaving, I don't think he will. I think he wants. He what he wants to win championships. That's no that's not unquestionable. I mean he, well, he, who who he doesn't, doesn't want right, right, Who right. doesn't want to win championships? Oh, Tom oh the Eagles, that's fine, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The uh I mean Tom but, Brady after five. Yeah, he he's upset yeah, that he lost to the Eagles. He he's upset he that um yeah, he lost to the Eagles. He wanted to win that right. game back. So, um, he wants to prove himself again this upcoming right. football season. I think LeBron wants to get Cleveland other championships. And I think also his son. He wants his son to play in LeBron James Stadium in, in Cleveland. He want his he only wants him to grow up in his hometown. And he wants to 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 stay I think he wants to stay in Cleveland. He's happy I think he's happy where he's gone through the finals. I think he's happy he's gone to the finals. He's taking down some uh taking down some very, very good teams. Zapters, very good first seed. I mean, best record in the East. And and I just think that they're I think LeBron's going to stay and have faith in, in Cleveland and try their, his best to win him uh, another, uh, champ, another championship next year if it doesn't work out this year. He wants to win a championship there, no doubt about it. I mean, if he had a choice to win a championship anywhere, he'd say Cleveland. Of course it would be Cleveland, right. Def- it's just that, does he feel like he can win a championship? Well, I there? feel like... I feel like you can. I feel like, one, you're going to have... Another, another, an, another, another young talent, talent coming in. guy, plus... You don't know how free agency. Maybe the Cavs there are a lot of there. there are a lot of big free agents um, available. I'm not sure about the Cavaliers' money situation. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they're probably paying LeBron a lot. Um. But real, you do think about that. They're paying LeBron a lot, and then the other guys. I mean, they just have a, a young team, so I don't think they're paying them a ton. Well, I don't. I what we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But, but I'm uh, not quite sure. I don't want to uh, right. hand out any false information. Um. But yeah, I, I personally you bring in I a guy, think he stays, but uh You bring in a guy and maybe have a very good pick with that eight pick, you're automatically I mean they'll still be a I mean we're obviously they're championship contenders, but I mean like winning that championship, you know, against the best of the best against the Warriors and having a really fifty fifty shot. Because uh, right now yeah. it's hard to see it's hard to see the Cavs um winning over the Warriors. Well, um you we got you have the Warriors, of course. I mean, and and I think it'll be interesting where Chris Paul goes. I think Rockets will obviously fall a bit. I think I think he stays. In well, if he does, I'm saying if I he does I think he stays leave. in Houston. Yeah. Plus, who knows? Maybe he. Because he, he's quote unquote trying to recruit LeBron to Houston. I don't know if you're going to recruit LeBron. It implies he's staying in Houston. So I personally think Chris Paul has enjoyed his time in Houston. He remember this is the first time that Chris Paul has gotten this far in the playoffs. He has not gotten past the first round. 
besides this year. So this is huge for Chris Paul. This I think even though they they lost in the conference finals, that and was if he, huge look, for Chris Paul. I still, I think, he's saying I still think the Warriors win if Chris Paul's there, but it's a lot closer. Like I think the Warriors win, but if the if Chris Paul is there for Game Six and or Game Seven, we could be talking about a whole different story. Chris Paul's there for what? No, no, no. What is it? I don't understand what you're saying. Can you please? I'm saying things? if Chris Paul was there for Game Six or Game Seven, because he wasn't. Oh, oh, okay. Never. Mind. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, Chris Paul going to the Cavs, and I was um, like, whoa! And I'm like, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm like, wait, am I Right, saying, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can I'm like, wait, am I, saying right. the, am I saying Chris Paul? Am I saying the right player's name? Um, right, yeah, I was like... I was getting a little nervous. I'm like, wait, am I saying no, the right No, no, right no, no I was just okay. confused. All right. Um, we're so going to move on to some picks. NBA draft. Um, yeah, obviously, so. the Suns come in at number one. Right now... I think they go DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, it's very convenient that he went to Arizona, and obviously, Suns are located in Phoenix. I mean, I think Donich, best town in the draft, I think by far. But Aiden, I think Donich, with all of his drama and his hesitation, even the play of the NBA. He doesn't want to go, or he reportedly doesn't want to go to Sacramento. I think that, I think the, the Suns stay local. I think the fans will love this, and I think they get a young guy to kind of move Tyson Chandler out of there. He's, he's a, I, he's think, a kind of I actually think the contract. fans would love either pick. I, mean, I might I lean think. towards that Aiden pick that they would love more just because he's like the hometown guy, went to yeah. Arizona for college, mm-hmm. they've watched him. I would think they would like that pick more, and but a guy, you a, can't like, be upset if they get A young guard, Tyler, Tyler Ulis, and I think they had Alfred Payton now, too. So they're not looking terrible at that point guard spot. And, you can and, see and the then obviously in. you have a Booker at um, shooting guard in the back. Court. Right, right, right. So, so, I mean, you're not looking terrible in that back court, and you're moving in, and that, that could be a team. Plus, it's not like they'll be in... It, there'll be another draft next year. There's obviously a big free agent class. I mean, obviously, go, going for a rebuild, right? Oh, no, they're rebuilding, no question. Like, this is a... Three, four year, maybe even five year project. Yeah. This is a long project. All right, so let's move on to Sacramento. Sacra- Sacra- do I they, do they take Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic. I um, I think they do. There's I, gonna, think, I think there'll be definite. There'll be some drama, though. Whether he specifically says it, I think it's chatter. No, no, but here's around. the thing. I don't know if he'll say it. That'll spark the drama. But just insiders and analysts. You know, they'll add fuel to the fire. Right. They're going to spark the drama themselves. They're going like to keep, keep, keep the drama going. And, you know, we'll, I think we'll hear a lot of false reports. I mean, it's, it's going to be draft week in a few, obviously, later this month. We're going to hear a lot of false reports because that's just what the NBA is. GMs try to trick other GMs and... The reporters are going to hear what they what the GM says, think, but the GM could be lying or you know I mean, just trying to I think go the, around the I, truth. I don't know. I I think Donich ends up in Sacramento, but um, I mean he could very end up if Sacramento's too scared off by that. Big, he could, he could easily Bagley, I'm not, I don't, scared um, off by uh by Donich. He could, uh by Donich's remarks, and they could easily go Bagley and have a very uh, good player in the post there. But I personally think that they're going to go Donich. Uh, but I mean, it could go either way. We'll see. Hawks at three. I think. Ba- I think we have. I think I have. Bagley if he's available. still though, Marvin Bagley. Um, I think would go to Atlanta. Right. He's just a great low post talent. Yeah, he's I think just, he's a guy who they're really gonna build their franchise around. Yeah, he's a great low post talent, a great scorer, great rebounder. 
a guy could do it all for you at that uh, power forward position. And I just... I mean, it's, really amazing, it's amazing he's power forward. He really looks like a center. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's powerful. He has the he's the length of a center, but he has the versatility of a forward. Like, I don't know if he's listed at power forward. He is. But by looking at him, he's a center. By looks, he's a center. By appearance, he's, he's not, a center. But he's not. He's plays forward. Plays power forward. Which gives him the length of a center and the we'll versatility see. of a forward. Which is really which is really good in this new NBA. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, we'll see what, what the Hawks end up doing with him if they do pick him. Because I don't... I don't know if he wants to play center, uh-huh. but the Hawks might ask him to do that. We'll see. We'll see what they ask him to do. It'll be now, very interesting. At four, four, I'm personally going Jared Jackson. Yeah, Jared. From, uh, from Michigan State. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Memphis. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just I think he's just a really great guy. He can. He's a great shot blocker. He's a guy in the post who can just... Dunk it on you. He's a really definitely he's, yeah. He's a really just a good guy. You can just get another guy who's a two way player, uh, not as dominant as Bagley in the post. I think not as have those uh, those kind of those moves that Bagley has, um, but he's definitely a two way power forward that can get it done for you on both ends of the court. Also, just saying, we'll be doing the first fifteen. So after fifteen, we'll kind of yeah, because you want to include the Wizards because Washington Logan and obviously, yeah. obviously you have the lottery pick. So at five is um the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, I mean, I think actually for the last pick you could have seen um Mo Bamba go. I think Jackson is probably a a better overall pick. So I I think that's and also but you're saying you Mo still Mamba. have Gasol there. Uh, Mamba goes here though. Yeah, Mamba I mean, goes. To I, Mavericks. it's just such a deep class for big men, whether it's a power forward or a center. I just yeah. feel like. You know, last year, Zach Collins. Yeah, Zach Collins. He was probably the yeah. best center prospect, and he was kind of just a middle of the pack, low end prospect. Was he the best center prospect? I, I mean, maybe. I, I was like, he's a, he plays power forward though. Oh, maybe you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Point is it though, I'm I'm trying to go through someone I'm blanking in my head right now. Um, oh, Allen. Yeah, Jared, Jared Allen also yeah. very good. But, so. I mean, you're but, yeah, still, lot, it was dominated you're still by saying, guards last year. They right? weren't, yeah, there weren't a ton of options. Now, I mean, you have Aiton, you have Mamba. Obviously, you do have Bakley, so that's a question mark. But he can play center if you want him to. So, it's a very deep class for, really, the power forward in the right. center position. So, back to Bamba. This is a guy, a guy who can rebound and block. He's a really great defender. Can just block shots. Uh, someone that you rim want, protector. rim protector. There, he's a really great rebounder, like Aiden. He doesn't have quite the post moves of of uh, Bagley or Aiden, but he's a he's a guy, two way center that that will uh, you get rebounds and he'll rim protect someone you want in the NBA today. I think he can develop into kind of like a maybe a DeAndre Jordan type player mm-hmm. in the league, uh, but hopefully with more offensive. Uh, uh, personnel or skills uh, there. He can attack. Right. Uh, Next he can really attack the hoop. Next is the Orlando Magic. The Magic, personally, I'm seeing a trade here. Wow. So a little bold prediction here, I see. Yes, I'm seeing a trade from the Knicks. The Knicks, I believe, would have nine. Nine, yeah. So I think, because we know the Knicks have the hots so, for Trey Young. Is this more about the Knicks trading up, 
Or the Magic trading down. Oh, the Knicks trading up. The Knicks definitely trading up. So you think the Knicks give the Magic a call? Right. Got it. Why do you think the Magic one... Do you you not think... I think the Knicks... I think the Knicks... uh, I know they have uh, Frankie Aquila, and I think... I think he was a little disappointing, frankly. Frankly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, and I really love Trey Young. I mean, or they could do, put Trey Young at the two guard, too. Also, see you see, also you, really like you have Porzingis, a big guy. Um, he's going to really be, you they know, have, be your they paint. They have a bit of a backcourt, a frontcourt. So now you kind of took your, you have a, you know, hopefully Porzingis recovers from that gruesome injury. Um, but if he can come back healthy, you have a great big man, and then you hopefully with Young and hopefully he'll develop into a great player, you have a great um, leader in your front in your backcourt. So yeah. you have a frontcourt guy, a backcourt guy, kind of you know, building from the out. Yeah. One in the five. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I think I mean, Trey Young can do a little bit of everything at that uh, that point guard position, and I think that's a real. I think I'm not sure how how great he's gonna do in the NBA, but I think. He's definitely a really great talent. So, again, that was the Knicks, not the Magic. Correct. Um, next is the Chicago Bulls. Where do you think they're going with this pick? The Bulls. I could, I'm could. i seeing kind of a, maybe a little bit of a reach in some people's opinions, but I'm seeing Wendell Carter Jr. Interesting. From Duke. So, some people would say, oh, I don't know, I don't know about this. In my opinion, Wendell Carter is kind of like a mini Mo Bamba. He's, he can do the same things. He can, you know, attack the basket, get those boards, um, and, and protect the rim. Um, but he's not, uh, not to the same level as Bamba. So I think, I think the Bulls, because the Bulls have, you know, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, they've got a good backcourt. That's from, um, when they trade Jimmy Butler. Right, and they have, now they have Lori Markin at I that could, power forward. Look, don't, move in, uh, don't, quote me on, don't quote me on this. I could be wrong. Zach Levine might be a free agent. That could be. That could be true. Um, but if they get him back, you could Don Levine, you have Markin at, uh, at the power forward. You mm-hmm. move in Carter. You got a, got some four guys in that starting lineup. Definitely. Really and, good. It'll be interesting, though, the Levine do the bold charter. Max is... Our team Cleveland, you've been talking about. Yeah, we've been talking about. We said they had a top ten pick, the eighth pick. They do have that eighth pick. Um, where do you think they're going? Michael Porter still available. I. Mm, do they go? It's. Porter? I think it could be Sexton. Oh wow! But, interesting. But. Interesting. But I think they're going to go Porter. I think I could see Sexton happening. Mm-hmm. Cause just because a, a young versatile guy, because you've seen struggles with Jordan Clarkson, uh, George Hill, um, and and they may and they may want a younger versatile guy at that guard position. Maybe someone who can do what kind of Kyrie Irving could, you know, be that guy for LeBron at that point guard position. Uh, but I do think it will be uh, Porter just for because one he's a, maybe the Cavs. I think the Cavs are a little unsure they'll go Sexton because Porter was injured a lot uh, yeah. last year, but I think it will be Porter kind of as an insurance policy because if LeBron leaves, mm-hmm. they'll have a, a, really, a good young guy with length and talent 
uh, who could do a little bit of everything. Who could also develop and learn behind LeBron. Like, obviously, he'll probably start alongside LeBron, but he'll be able to learn and get tips and really study the game from one of the best to ever play the game. Right, yeah, yeah. So I think... Whoever gets picked by pick. the whoever gets picked by the Cavs is will be lucky because they get if this, LeBron stays. If which LeBron we're stays, he does right. That's huge, actually. Whoever gets picked by the team that LeBron goes to, or I just if think it, it is be a the small Cavs, void for insurance for the, for the Cavs. Whoever goes to the who would, it'll be big right. for whichever the team for whichever player is seeing LeBron play each and every night. Um, so now we have the Magic. It would be the next year. But remember, um, shy. Projected a trade. Um, I did. So right now, instead of the New York Knicks at nine, we have the Orlando Magic. Now I think we're gonna see Colin Sexton. Yeah. Now I think we see. Sexton. I mean, Trey Young's off the board. Obviously, the Knicks traded up to get him. So Sexton, you know, it's a big, it's a big draft for the front we, court. We know, but Sexton the, one of the top uh, backcourt guys. The Magic have, you know, Gordon's obviously a free agent, so we don't really know what's going to happen with him. But they do have Goose, uh, Vucevic. Obviously, I think they're going... A young guy who can do everything obviously, as well as I think the, ma- the Magic are in the midst of a major um, teardown, and right. they're kind of starting from the bottom, starting from scratch, trying to do, you know, what the Sixers have done, um, some teams in other sports, the Astros and the Cubs in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, they're going through a massive rebuild right now. So, I just, I see Sexton here. There's someone, guy who can provide some life on that backcourt for uh, Orlando. Next is the Philadelphia 76ers, who obviously are picking here because of a trade with the Lakers earlier. Right. Um, so, I mean, they just really get to add another young player this high in the draft. It's really incredible what um, they will be able to do. For me, I have Mikel Bridges here. Now, this guy, for me, has the most potential in the draft class. Wow. I think he could uh, develop into being a Kawhi Leonard-type player. I know this has been said a lot. There have been some doubters. But this guy is a guy who can shoot the three, play very good defense, and attack the hoop. All things that Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, has shown us. And I think add a guy like Bridges to a very, very good Front court, and uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. Unlike Kawhi, oh. Kawhi has obviously the last right. year or so he's how ha- he's struggling. I mean, that injuries. could be a really great tandem of forwards and then and beats. So I think that could be scary for opponents of the Sixers. Next, we have uh, the Charlotte Hornets at number eleven. The Hornets I have here going with uh, Miles Bridges. So Michigan State. The other bridges now. The other bridges. Yes. Bridges, bridges. So you are Mike, uh, Michael Bridges over Miles Bridges. Yes. Interesting. Uh, um. So I what do you think, think of this pick? I think it would be a good pick. The Hornets have uh, Nicholas Backton, but I think he's getting a little older. He's not really producing as well for the Hornets. Um. Uh, maybe, I think Backthumb's still there. I go, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he is. But I think they want more depth for that position, I, regardless. And I think Bridges is a, is a guy, an all-around guy, uh, especially offensively, who can give them, uh, uh, I think he'll be a starter, and he's just a guy, uh, that's just gonna give them some offense, uh, in the, in, in that, uh, small forward position. 
So now we have the Clippers with back-to-back picks. Um, their first pick at 12 is from the Detroit Pistons in a trade they made. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Blake Griffin trade. Correct. Um, so, and then they obviously have their own pick at 13. So they're now having back-to-back picks, so they can pick the two next best players available. So, here I'm going Robert Williams. Interesting. Uh, center from... Power forwards. Oh, power forward. I mean, again, you have a bunch of guys who are big enough, they can play center. Because we know there's no Blake Griffin there anymore, so maybe they're going to try and... uh, And you still have DeAndre. Although he might... You still have DeAndre. uh, Yes. So, I I, I believe I still have DeAndre next season. Yes. And they're just getting... uh, um, they're getting Robert Williams. Is it is an all-around good power forward? You know, someone who can attack the basket, uh, play well on the post. A uh, little undersized, but uh, I think so. he will be definitely someone they want to fill the void of Blake Griffin. So now the Clippers are on the clock again. Again. Uh, with their second of two pick, picks. This, would, this is their own pick. This is the pick not from the trade, but um, their own pick. Where do you think they're going now? I think they're going Lonnie Walker. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I I think you know uh, he's a very good shooting guard. He's you know and he's I just do very good offensive player with one pick. Trying to go in the backcourt with the other pick, have really right. that versatility in the variety of and what maybe they could do. What they could do is they could put Walker at the three position. And they'll have Beverly, Lou Williams. And Walker, and then you look at the bat. Then you look at the the two uh, big guys. You have Jordan, and you have uh, um, Williams. So you you have a you look pretty solid right now. So I think uh, Walker is a pick. He's just a guy who can uh, face up, do a little bit of everything offensively, and it's a very good pick. Next, uh, we'll be covering the next just the next two picks. Uh, first up uh, right now is the Denver Nuggets, the Denver la- the Nuggets. last of the fourteen lottery. Denver, this is a tricky pick. Um, for me, I think they're either going to go Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Which I know you're a big fan of, partly I because big your name's Shy, his name's Shea, but it's spelled well Shy. Yeah, his real name is Shavante, but uh, I, I still like fan. him a lot. I watch him in Kentucky. This guy has length. He plays... He's, he kind of reminds me uh, a little bit of John Wall in his playmaking ability. I think his playmaking ability is pretty scary how he runs the pick and roll. Uh, he has good length. He can attack the basket strongly. He's a good defender. Uh, I can either could be Shea. Hopefully he goes to the Wizards because I'm a Wizards fan. But uh, it's either going to be either Zaire, Zaire Smith mm-hmm. or Shea Yogas Alexander. That's It's either going to be either twined. Either Washington, either way, because uh, I do know that the Nuggets have Murray, uh, true Shmuel Murray. So very, maybe very that true. may, I mean, talent wise, Gilders Alexander. It just really depends if the Nuggets are drafting more for talent, or if we should we go Gilders Alexander, or are they drafting more for just positioning? Whether it goes a year Smith, in my opinion. Okay, right, so now. Um, the Washington crap, Wizards. So. Washington Wizards, I think... I think they have to go in the front court. Keith, they only have one more year well, of. Well, I, I think... And Gortat, they have again. one more year of... And we really don't know what we're getting from him anymore. Again, I think they don't. 
I think it's either. I I think if. In terms I of need, I think they need to go front court, but um, why do you think they're gonna go um in a different direction? I think if somebody like, I think if Jordan Alexander is available, they'll take him just for the talent and especially the depth on and, the bench. And really, so the value, the value of, of where yes. they're picking, because. That's you a know, good pick. You can never have too many good players at one position. It, or Plus, if, or their if, depth is very weak. Or if Zaire Smith is there too, that's another guy who's so, come off the bench and produced. So really, so, it's um, almost like Zaire Smith and Shea Gilgis Alexander are going to go fourteen, fifteen. We just don't in know. My opinion. We just don't know the order of which right they're now, going. I personally think that the big man, uh, the big man class has kind of dropped a little bit up until uh, Mo Wagner. And so that's just personally my opinion. That's why I think that's just to wrap it up. I think right. it's going to be intertwined 14-15 Zaire Smith or Gilles or either one. Okay, so that will wrap up our NBA portion of um, our game time podcast. Next, we'll be covering a little bit the MLB. Obviously, there's not as much going on. Um, kind of we're a couple months into the season. Um, something that's big, though, uh, Robinson Cano being suspended 80 games. Now, obviously... He just broke his, uh, got injured on a fractured hand, um, on a hit by pitch. Right. So, the suspension, obviously, he'd be out anyway, but this is a guy who, you know, was a Hall of Famer. Now, you know, there will definitely be questions when he retires and comes up on the ballot. Right. The M's are one of the, Mariners are one of the hottest teams in baseball, despite losing Robinson Cano. And the Houston Astros, who... Our World Series champions last year are having a right. great year, and the Mariners are still Masters giving. Are scary. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're pitching. They're the by really all statistics, they're the best pitching in all baseball. You know, by a lot. Um. So the Mariners, the Astros are doing really well, but the Mariners are one of the hottest teams in all of baseball, along with the Washington Nationals, which obviously a guy from D.C. I'm very happy about. Um, but the Mariners, after, you know, Cano got suspended, um, they really had the first big trade during the season, when the season was in full swing, and they made a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in a fall-down, tear-down rebuild, um, they traded Evan Longoria in the offseason to the Giants, um, Jake Odorizzi to the Twins, so I expect them to make more moves as the season goes along and as we, um, get closer and closer to the trade deadline, which is still not for a couple, uh, a month. But the Mariners acquired closer Alex Colomay. And it'll be interesting if he is their closer because um last couple games I've seen he's pitched a lot of the high stress um situation and the um the eighth with Edwin Diaz, who was their current closer at the time, still continuing to pitch that ninth inning. Um in that same trade they acquired um, outfielder Denard Spann from the Rays. And this was very interesting because you're saying, oh, Denard Spann won't replace a second baseman. Still make an impact. But their current center fielder, who just came off the disabled list uh, with a toe injury, he is also a second baseman. So they're going to bring Ike's. He's been, he played second the other day, and I expect that to continue. They'll move in from the outfield, he'll be at second, and then um, Denard Spann will take his spot in center field or somewhere in the outfield. Um, obviously, when Cano comes back, there will be a bit of a logjam, but 
a Mariners team that, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't made the playoffs since 2001, which mm-hmm. is the most... They have a drought. They have the longest um, drought in... It might be all of sports, actually. Or, I'm sorry, not all sports. Um, Is it, though? Um... It might be. It may be. I'm not entirely sure, but it After the Bills, it was then. I think after the Bills just ended their drought. That was 1999. Mariners 2001. I think the Mariners might have the longest playoff drought in the four major sports. Um, so, they are obviously playing hot. But because Cano suspended, not only is he suspended about half the year... But he is also ineligible for the playoffs, which right now at this point is looking very realistic. Um, so obviously it'll be great to have Cano back, but he he is ineligible for the uh, playoffs, which will be very interesting. Also, um, I was kind of saying how hot the Mariners are. The Nationals, um, unfortunately, they did lose yesterday to the Braves, but. I mean, they were 11-16, and 16, and yes, they had a lot of injuries, but still, 11-16 for a team that has that high expectations is just so unfortunate and so, you know, upsetting. You want to see the great players like Bryce and the great teams really compete and play at a high level. Ever since they've gone 11-16, they've been on fire, even with still a lot of the same guys getting injured on... Um, Obviously, Daniel Murphy, who is probably their biggest injury, who hasn't played all year. Right, he, be- he makes a huge Because injury. he had a um, knee surgery um, last he's October. He's on a second baseman. Right. He's on a rehab assignment right now, so he should be back. Could be really this upcoming or next week, really. Um, and they're just slowly getting healthy. Ryan Madison, their uh, big relievers coming back. Brian Goodwin, who... Um, he's a, like a great depth outfielder coming back. Adam Eaton, who was their starting uh, left fielder, he should be back in about a week. So you see, the pieces are starting to fall into place. Everyone's starting to um, really come together and play at a high collective, high collectively high level. Um, obviously, I said there's not much about MLB, so we're gonna get into the NFL soon. Right. But before, I just want to talk about two major injuries. Um, Corey Seager. I mean, Tommy John surgery out for the year. It's just so rare to see a position player, other than the pitcher, really have Tommy John surgery. Obviously, he'll be out for at least a year. It could be a year and a half. We really don't know. It's really um, a scary, scary injury. Um, hopefully, he'll be okay and be able to make a full recovery. But that's a big blow to a Dodgers team that has been struggling. Obviously. They got Clint Kershaw back, who's one of the right. best pitchers in baseball. Very good. Um, but that's a big blow. They got that third baseman Turner back a couple weeks ago, but it's hard to get over that blow for the Dodgers. Um, obviously, Nat, Matt Weiders, um, he's a catcher. He's had Tommy John surgeries. But it's very rare for a player, um, not including pitchers, to get Tommy John. But they're very serious. Hopefully, he'll be back next year and um, get back to where he uh, should be. Uh, one more injuries are always very unfortunate. One more injury that I want to talk about. Another scary, scary moment. Um, Acuna, the um outfielder for the um Braves. He was he's a rookie and he was really tearing it up, hitting a t- hitting second in that order. Um, one of their great young young pieces that was really propelling him to this very surprising, surprising start, along with obviously Ozzy Albies and Freddie Freeman. 
and uh, Sean Newcomb on the pitching end. Um, but Ronald Coon, when you saw, if you look at the video, which is gruesome, if it looked like he may have torn his ACL. I mean, he he had a sprain, ACL sprain, which is still pretty serious. But when you initially look at it, he got lucky, and he was uh, he was remarkably able to walk off under his own power, which I thought was incredible. But it the injury just looked so gruesome. It looked like the leg might be going one way and the knee might be going the other. It was really, right. really a scary moment for a young it's player. So, whatever sport it is, it's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's terrible. You, it's a, it's a you never re- the game like, to have these injuries. Right? Yeah, and it's just like you don't... Uh, these young guys who are really trying to make an impact, make an early impact, and having success like Akuna did, it was just really unfortunate. And, you know, he's just trying to beat out um, yeah, a single. Too. You know, very unfortunately, it happened a lot like um, Bryce last year when he slipped on the bag. Um, luckily, though, not of a, you think the worst when that happens. So, you know, good for Okuna. He should, he'll be back this year, but um, unfortunately, I don't know when. But um, it could have been worse for him. So that's really all I have for um, MLB. We'll go to our final section of our podcast, NFL. And... Right. We're going to start with Everybody just, loves some football. Yeah. So, we're going to start with some draft recap. And we... Now, Shy and I have some different opinions on the biggest steal of the draft. Right. He thinks it's Thurman James at 17, which is very respectable. No. No, this is my steal of the draft. The steal of the draft is Terrell Edmonds. <sighs> To the Shy. Pittsburgh Steelers Shy. at 28. Yeah, I'm sorry, Shy. He's a bit of a Steelers fan, so a little bi- biased No, um, I'm just kidding. There. I'm just kidding. It, uh, Alex was correct. I do believe the steal of a draft is Derwin James. At 17 overall. Now, right. I think it was... He's a safety, Derwin James, um, to the Chargers. I think it was Tremaine Edmonds, brother of... Not Terrell Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds. But you got the names mixed up. No, I don't think I'm they... Joking. I don't think they did, Shy. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, I thought he was a 8 or 9, 10 pick right around there. He ended up going 16 to the Bills. I, I agree. It's a very good pick. I agree. I think we both think that the James and um, Edmonds, they were great picks. I just think the Edmonds was slightly a better value, and he thinks that James was slightly better. I mean, with the Chargers, value. you're losing Trey Boston, and I think he had a huge impact on the secondary. <laughs> I think he was able to come in and make plays. He's a big, he's a big tackler. Hard hits. Right. He will punish the ball carriers. And With Tremaine Edmonds, I think the Bills' identity. They got Josh Allen, but the Bills' identity is good, hard, tough, in the trenches, physical football. He fits it. He fits and it. And I think I think that's a great pick, especially knowing outstanding pick for the Bills. I just think that the Chargers won out here. Derwin, I think Derwin James is. Just a, I think personally, he could have gone. I think he's a better guy in the secondary than Denzel Ward. I I think Derwin is able is a one well, he has the Ward size. Four overall to the Browns, by the way. Right, I know. He has the size. He makes great plays in the ball. Good tackler. You know, he's an all around really great guy at safety. I just think Edmonds and Roquan Smith they bring different. Um, skill sets to the table, so they were very close to even. I think, right. you know, obviously Edmonds the more skill- of a hard hitter, a guy bring people down. Roquan more of a versatile guy. Exactly. So I think 
you know, we're talking about Roquan Smith went eight to the Bears. That's a very good pick. I think Edmund should have gone, maybe not eight to the Bears, but right around there. Maybe, obviously, the Raiders ended up trading down, but maybe if he, the, if the Raiders didn't trade down, they could have taken the him. That's what I'm worried about. Niners at um, nine could have taken him. I just think he was he, he should have gone there. I think Derwin James should have been around there, too. I'm just thinking it's close. I'm leaning towards Edmund. I just though. think Edmund, Edmunds, don't get me wrong, tremendous player. And same with Derwin James. Same with Derwin James. Great, both They're both player. great steals. We're just debating on which was the steal. The I just winner. I think I think Tremaine Edmonds. He is a great player, but I I wonder if he can lack if he lacks maybe. Of course, we know he can bring people down hard uh, to the turf, but I'm wondering if he has the versatility to kind of really cover those guys. Uh, in kind of in the in the cut over the middle, and I and I just think, uh, Derwin James gives you more options there. Uh, Derwin I think James gives you more thing. options at the same position. Derwin James he might can make be plays a, on the ball. He can tackle. You know what? He can do everything. I think Derwin James might be a better steal, but what something says to me is the Bulls also got Josh Allen. They're quarterback. They're presumably quarterback of the future. So you get your quarterback right. of the future at seven. That's a steal too. And then, and then with your second pick, that your second pick at sixteen, which they also traded up um, with the Ravens, you get what the Bills drafted get, very well. You get arguably the best linebacker in the draft. Maybe Roquan Smith. We can have that argument later. But you got arguably best linebacker in the draft. Right. I think it's Roquan Smith, but uh, and that's right. why I say arguably. I think right, they're right, really right. right there at. You know, I one, think, two. I just, I just, I just hope Edmonds will be versatile enough to be able to cover kind of over the middle, uh, like that. I think that, like I think, and be as versatile uh, as guys like James. And only play the different positions. I just think Jerwin James is going to be able to do more for the Chargers. But I do, but I do think Edmonds will have a big impact as well. Okay, moving on. I think going back to Terrell okay. Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I think, I, I think that was a reach of the draft. I thought he I was mean, a very solid third-round pick. And I he mean, went in the first round. Like, look, maybe the Steelers... He's a Giants out- fan, by the way, so everybody knows. Yeah. Um, woohoo, Saquon Barkley. Um, right. <laughs> well, we'll talk, obviously, you can go quarterback there. Obvi- separate discussion. Right. Um, <laughs> Toronto, maybe the Steelers front office were geniuses and they saw something that the others didn't, but... When Hopefully. They, but at this point... I mean... At this point in the conversation, when we haven't seen him on a football field, we've maybe seen him in minicamp and OTAs, but at this point, that's a reach. And I feel like that might be the biggest reach of the draft. I'm sorry, but I, that's how I feel right now. I hate... I hate to say it... But you may be right. I don't. I, do I just think, think right now. Rashad Penny, I don't know if I love that pick for Seattle. I don't love that pick, but. I think there are better guys there. <laughs> but, I mean, I definitely think uh, Terrell Edmonds could have been in the reach of the draft. I hate to say it because you know I'm a huge Steelers fan. And look, maybe and down the road. We'll, maybe he'll be great. We, we could know. laugh at this. I trust the Steelers front office. But uh, at they this always, point. They always draft very well. At this point, I don't know. And I. And by. My knowledge and my build up to what the draft I mean, will be and was gonna be, I thought Edmonds was re- Terrell Edmonds. Right. I. I mean, I agree. I hate to say it, but I agree. I mean, he's a guy. He can make physical plays out there. He's a versatile guy and communicator. He checked the boxes for the Steelers, but maybe they could have gotten him a little, little later on. I hate to say it, but he could, may have been a reach. 
Okay, we're gonna go on to the Des Bryant rumors. Right. Um. So, what do you think of Des Bryant? Uh, I mean, obviously, remember early on he re- he rejected a multi-year deal from the Ravens. Right. I mean, I, he wants I, to go. Look, as a Giants fan, I don't know if this is me being a little biased. I kind of think he wanted to come. He wants to come to the Giants. Maybe now the Niners. He did I don't send know out about that. He did send out a tweet that he he said he, it would be fun if he played for the 49ers. He said that about the Rams, too, didn't he? Yeah. Although this tweet was, I think, a week or so ago. It was much more recent than um his other tweets and his other comments. Honestly. He's a talker. We all right. Know we all know that about Dez. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I could see him going to the Niners. <coughs> I could see the Rams going all in, trying to get him. I mean, I that would know. be unfair, right? Rams get Ndavikin Sue. They right. still have Aaron Eh, whatever. Keep tweeting Marcus Peters. No biggie. I mean, right. I don't know. Uh... Honestly, I'm not going to pretend to know where Des Bryant's going to go. Because I clearly, I have no clue. He wants revenge on Dallas. He wants revenge on Dallas. I mean... Maybe also Niners and Cowboys have a bit of a history in the playoffs. They have a bit of a tough, rough history. I, Maybe I that's why I want to go to San Francisco. I could see him going to the Niners more than I could see him going to the Rams. I agree. I don't think... Also, going back to the Giants, I don't think the Giants want him just because they already have Odell... And they have Barkley, and they have Shepard, and they have Ingram, and they just also Dave Gettleman, their GM, doesn't exactly like to sign those guys who are starting to get on their decline, are a little bit older. He's only twenty nine, but he's starting to get on. I think his I think his better days were behind him. Definitely, and I think we're talking about twenty nine year old who might play till he's thirty four. Right. I so mean, it's not like he's not gonna. It's not like he. I don't think he'll play till he's about thirty-eight, thirty-nine. Like if um, you look at it, it's pretty amazing. Antonio Brown just turned. I think he's turning thirty, and his production is better than ever. So. Anyway, um, we're gonna be talking about now, um, anthem policy, which is a has been a very, very hot to- topic. Very. So obviously, in case you didn't know, the policy is: if you are on the field, you must stand for the anthem mm-hmm. and pay your respects. You don't have to come out on the field, though. You could stay in the locker room and kneel or do whatever, you know, do what you want. If you are on the field and you kneel or do some kind of um, gesture that doesn't seem, that doesn't really pay that respect to the flag, the team will be fined. And the team, if I'm not mistaken, the team has the right to find the player. Right. I mean, personally, I think it is, in a way, in a way, it is maybe a little bit of an improvement because, yes, you're giving the players an option to go in the locker room. But the but, players aren't being... The main reason why but they like, did this is to be seen and to be heard. And right. It's like they're putting them behind closed doors. They're kind of shoving them to a side. They don't want to almost be like... They don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, They right. want to sustain this reputation. I think it's in a, a, a tiny bit of an improvement in in like uh, in some ways... Because you're, you're like they want to get viewers back. They want to get it's a, their ratings yeah, up. You don't want to. And I think that's the main re- reason but why. Honestly, it's a violation of the First Amendment, and it's terrible. It, it it's a it's a, it's a not it's not a good rule, and I just think it violates the First Amendment, and I I don't like it at all. Okay, so that's gonna conclude. Um, game time podcast we really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we hope you tell everyone about it um look for our next podcast around kind of the middle to end of july um and we really hope you listen again soon
So uh, and this we is... hope to see you soon on Game Time Podcast. Uh, please tell all your friends and uh, thanks. Thank you.